0: Hey, one time, Welcome back to the MedTech Talk podcast, episode number 126. Our guest today is Matt Likens. Matt's the president and CEO of GT Medical Technologies. This company is developing a new type of therapy called START. It's calling it START therapy to uh, enhance radiation treatment for people with brain tumors. Uh, it's a, a very real problem as matt will explain in the podcast after treatment many sufferers find themselves basically without any more options they've endured enough radiation a lifetime of radiation therapy and uh if the uh the tumor comes back and it inevitably does they have uh, very little left to do to treat it uh, and their time on this uh on this earth is uh, is shortened considerably so GT really presented Matt with a, a great opportunity for a few reasons as he'll get in to, in this, uh, into this conversation. Uh, number one, it kept him in Arizona, and you'll find out why that was important. But it also uh, brought him back to MedTech in a, in a more familiar way. Uh, Matt and I first talked when he was CEO of Ulthera. That company had employed high-intensity ultrasound energy to tighten skin. And did very well. In fact, it filed to go public in 2014, which was not a great time to go public. But that deal was uh, quickly pulled off the table when MERS swept in to uh, acquire the company. It paid uh, roughly $600 million. So the deal was a good one for investors and for Matt. As he'll point out, he walked away from uh, that first CEO experience with some good lessons and, uh, and a comfortable payout. But after 25 years in medtech, most with Baxter, Matt says he was eager, really, to get back into a med tech company that uh, that did more than uh, than just tighten skin. So, we'll uh, we'll talk about that in this podcast. Before I begin the interview, I wanted to remind you that the med tech conference is happening on May 29th and May 30th in Minneapolis. May 29th features our new uh, opening reception. It's available and open to everyone. So uh, those attending. The, uh, the conference will be able to gather at the Lowe's Minneapolis Hotel and uh, get their networking going early so we can all start the next day ready to uh, learn and to listen. So it's, uh, it's something we tried at our uh, ophthalmology conference. It worked really well. So we're excited about uh, introducing that to the MedTech conference. So please go to medtechconference.com. Check out the agenda. Our co chairs, Leslie Trigg and Kirk Nielsen, have done a fantastic job bringing you some uh, some really terrific speakers. So go to medtechconference.com, check out the agenda. Please uh, register before the end of March so you'll, uh, you'll get our early bird rate. And also, don't forget because you're a MedTech Talk podcast listener, you can use the MedTech Talk code and you'll save even more money. So now let us get into this conversation with Matt Likens, the president and CEO of GT Medical Technologies. Matt Likens, welcome back to the MedTech Talk podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you, Tom. Great to be back. Uh, excited to tell you a little bit about GT Medical Technologies.
0: I know. You've got, uh, you've got a new job since we talked to you last. Actually, when we talked to you last, you were just leaving uh, your post at MERS. After selling Ulthera to uh, to that company, I think you had just completed on that day your commitment. So uh, you were unemployed the last time we talked.
1: Yeah, actually happily unemployed for about 15 <laughs> months. Um, and, uh, you know, was doing a number of different things in that 15-month time frame uh, with really no intention to go back to work full-time um, until I ran into the founders of uh, GT Medical Technologies and learned about the work they'd been doing over the previous six or seven years in trying to improve the lives of patients with brain tumors. And one thing led to another, and I'm working again. There I you like go.
0: That. You you anticipated my question because a lot of uh, people ask when a, when a company is sold, I don't know what kind of terms you had when Althera was acquired. I don't know if it was comfortable for life money that you got, but... Some people who have serial entrepreneurs who've done clearly well enough to stop working, they keep coming back and they keep wanting to be a CEO. Is that you? Or are you were you hunger hungry to, to, to lead a company again?
1: You know, I, I think I needed some time to uh decompress <laughs> it yeah. might be the rest the best term for it. And and I actually uh became affiliated with a brand new venture capital group out of the Bay Area called MedTech Venture Partners. Oh, sure. Uh, And they were formed uh, in affiliation with the University of California, San Francisco and the Rosenman Institute. And the goal was to raise money to fund early stage uh, medical technology companies, the best ideas, you know, it's so tough to get money early. And so uh, I invested in them and then also became a venture partner there, and and that was great. Wow. And only doing that part-time and and a number of other activities that that was really interesting.
0: Did you consider uh, investing as a next career, or was this just something to keep your your hand in the game?
1: Yeah, you know, so uh, because I've been around for quite a few decades now in a variety of different uh, clinical applications and technologies, you know, mostly in the medical device space, um, I could add value to them as they were reviewing, you know, various slide decks uh, and investment opportunities and clinical applications and technologies, um, you know, in, in reviewing those and giving them perspectives and also management teams. Right. So, um, so it exposed me to a lot of different areas where I really had not, uh, uh participated, uh, actively in the past. And I found it fascinating. Um, and and of, of all of the decks that I saw and the opportunities that I saw when I was introduced to the founders of GT MedTech and understood what they had created, uh, again, over a number of years, uh, I still think that that was the best opportunity I saw. And it happened to be in my backyard. So um, really, you know, really fortunate to, to be able to do something which I think will, will bring such value to patients' lives.
0: What made this um the most attractive opportunity? Was it the the technology, the disease that's going after? Was it just the, the state of the company? Uh, what were the, the boxes that you checked off that, that made this the right move?
1: Um, I was with Baxter Healthcare for 23 years. Uh, and, and that was after about a three year stint with J&J right out of college. And at, at Baxter, we may have taken ourselves a little too seriously, but our, our motto was critical therapies for life-threatening conditions. And you know, it did get you out of bed in the morning and you did feel like if it was my factor eight for hemophilia or my peritoneal dialysis uh, technology or my blood collection or apheresis system, if if we could convince users to adopt our technologies, patients would fare better because of all of the investment and the work we put into that. You know, and then uh, a couple of startups, and, and uh, I, I got to Altera as the CEO, and that was all about firming, tightening, and lifting of skin. Now, fortunately, people pay a lot for that. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> so if, if your technology can actually do it well, you know, it's a great market to be in, so I don't want to downplay that, but it's not quite critical therapies for life-threatening conditions, right?
0: Here, Matt and I talked a bit about the, uh, the value of medtech therapeutic devices versus aesthetics. And we both agree aesthetics is a, is a great market. In fact, if you don't know this, Health the producer of this podcast and the MedTech Conference, is putting on an aesthetics meeting, our second one, actually. We did one last year. You'll uh, want to check it out. It's a really great meeting. Go to attend ais.com. AIS stands for the Aesthetics Innovation Summit. It's happening on May 15th in New Orleans. One of our co-chairs is uh, Mark Foley, of course, uh, walked away with a, uh, a MedTech award at the conference a couple of years ago for his work with Zeltique. and he is working with our old friend Josh Macauer of NEA and uh, Dr. Grant Stevens, and they put together a really, really great show. So check out attendais.com. Now I want to get back into, uh, into Matt's journey, what uh, led him to, to join GT Medical. And uh, just for a little bit of history, GT Medical was actually founded by uh, a team of radiation oncologists and uh, neurosurgeons. They uh, founded the technology. They are uh, David Brackman, Young McBride, Peter Nakaji, Imad Youssef, and Teresa Thomas. So they were the founders of uh, GT. And uh, I'll hear from Matt Likens about what was it about this company that uh, got him off the sidelines.
1: The, the, cool thing about Ulthera, you know, first of all, it was very, very good to me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, and so it, it gave me the opportunity to either go back to work, you know, and get back involved in the game again or not. Uh, and so, uh, but it had to be the right opportunity and I wasn't really looking, uh, but when I, when I ran into the founders and I heard the story and I understood their clinical data, it resonated. And, uh, And then the purpose of the company uh, is really what galvanizes all of us to get this technology deployed and and to really help patients with brain tumors.
0: It sounds as if the opportunity to to help people was first and foremost, but I'm sure looking at deals uh, being brought to a medtech venture firm, you saw lots of those. So what was it that made GT special other than it was in your backyard? I mean, maybe that was it. Was that, it was, it was so close or was there, were there more qualities that really made it uh, appealing to you?
1: Yeah. And so my wife, Nancy and I have been married 38 years and we've moved 10 times in, in that period of time. And so when I approached her and said, gee, you know, I may want to get back involved full time in something. And <laughs> and she, she said very politely that, uh, you know, if, if that happens to be located outside of Arizona, where we reside now and have for the last 12 years, um I'll just tell you you're welcome home on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, so so you know in her own subtle way we're not moving again, Matt. <laughs> so,
0: I don't and, think that was very and, subtle know. at all, Matt, to be honest with you.
1: Okay, maybe it was. Uh, <laughs> it was less straightforward than she normally is, you know, so uh, but but that that had something to do with it, in that you know the last thing I want to do is be on a shuttle system, you know to a headquarters location that's that's not home
0: God, yeah uh,
1: so the fact that it was homegrown had something to do with it, but also the fact that this was a very well developed technology that had very compelling clinical data in support of it, so it didn't look like the typical five to ten year project that most early stage projects are right i mean let's face it it's always longer than you want it costs you know twice as much as you think it's going to cost And this the founders have done a great job of shepherding this through the fda and through reimbursement uh and and really had compelling data so that that's that's really what uh, what's what clinched it for me as they offered me the job
0: as ceo excellent well this is i want to i want to get into being a second time ceo but this seems like a great opportunity to learn a little more about gt what is what what is it that they have created and that you're actually now uh, have just rolled out right you just began a commercial launch and we did yeah and the, so the gt really stands
1: for gamma tile uh, and And we have now trademark gametile therapy because it is a device, but it's delivering a radiation dose uh, inside uh, the cavity that's created from resecting a brain tumor and so this is a radiation implant uh, which delivers very powerful doses of radiation, but it's uh the seeds themselves are in a carrier that provides a structural offset so that the radiation can be powerful toward the residual tumor cells, yet the offset protects the eloquent brain tissue that's adjacent to the, where those residual tumor cells are. Um, so that's you know, a very simple concept. Uh, it's brachytherapy, mm-hmm. but, but we've actually coined a new term for it, surgically targeted radiation therapy. Um, and, and uh, the carrier makes all the difference. Uh, so it's, uh, th- that's, that's the concept.
0: So if you're looking at a pendulum swinging from one end to the other, and on one end is aesthetics, I'd have to say GT is uh, on the other end of the swing, and uh, it's a, a fascinating company. Matt mentioned the uh, surgically targeted radiation therapy. The procedure is known as START. You take the, uh, the TA from targeted and create start. And it's uh, for patients with uh, recurrent intracranial neoplasms or brain tumors. So the company uh, recently launched, but uh, let's uh, hear from Matt about uh, what exactly the GT tiles do.
1: For patients with operable brain tumors today, surgery is recommended. So, so get as much as you possibly can, but the neurosurgeon needs to be very conservative in their approach. So, for, for instance, if you have a tumor that's extracranial, right, somewhere else in your anatomy, the, 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 the approach is get it all, get a healthy margin, make sure you don't leave any residual cells, and you can do that, you know, in uh, other organs. But in the brain you can't you know for obvious reasons and so the neurosurgeon needs to be very conservative because of the eloquent tissue that's adjacent to the tumor and that that affects movement uh speech memory and so they know they're leaving cells behind and so uh typically you're two days in the hospital following uh, the tumor resection and then three to four weeks later, once the wound has had a chance to heal enough, then you undergo uh, a regimen of daily external beam radiation. The purpose is to try to address those residual tumor cells and, and uh, you know, have a lethal approach to, to get there. And, and it, first of all, it's a miserable experience for the patient. Mm-hmm. You're shuttled back and forth daily. Uh, patients lose their hair. Um, and they can't drive themselves, so it's either you know their loved ones or, or friends who are sharing that burden with them, and they're reminded every day that by the way you're recovering from a brain tumor, um, and, and so so that's today's reality. And then 80% of the patients who undergo that regimen, unfortunately, have have received what's considered to be a lifetime dose of external beam radiation. So. When that tumor comes back, let's say if it comes back, but half of them come back within the first 12 months after surgery, um, often the neurosurgeon will not do another tumor resection because he or she does not have the radiation option available post-surgery because that tissue just can't absorb any more external radiation. And they're basically out of options. And so, so gamma was designed out of desperation. If you talk to our five founders, because they needed to give these patients another option. Mm-hmm. And so with that recurrent tumor, another surgical procedure can be done. And rather than the course of external beam radiation, gamma is added in roughly the last five minutes of the surgical procedure and, and the p- patient wound is closed and that's it. 100% compliance, no additional therapy uh, provided. And the clinical data suggests that we're pushing out the time to additional recurrences, you know, up to a year and a half or longer beyond what would be normally uh, expected. So very, very compelling data.
0: The tiles, what is their, what is their function? How, how is it that they complement the radiation therapy?
1: Yeah, so the, the tile itself, the carrier, uh, is, is made of collagen and so uh, we're we're actually using a a well-known marketed collagen by a major provider of that as our carrier, and the radioactive isotope seeds are encapsulated in a titanium container, very small, and those seeds are placed inside the collagen in a very prescribed, very precise way. Uh, with, With that structural offset Uh, included. So the thin side of the tile will face toward residual tumor cells and where they're most likely to be. And the neurosurgeon knows exactly where those are. The thicker side of the carrier uh, is adjacent to the eloquent brain tissue. And and the isotope we're using is cesium-131, And so it's very powerful, but only powerful for a short distance. In radiation oncology, they say it has a short throw. So if you get beyond three or four millimeters away from where that seed is, there's a dramatic drop off in the potency of that radiation. But in this small area where the residual tumor cells are, it's highly lethal. And in fact, we're generating about two and a half times the energy in that small space then can be achieved from external sources because it's right there. You don't have to go through all the healthy tissue in order to direct the external beam, you know, in there. The 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 isotope is right there, close to the residual cells. So from a radiation standpoint, they were really out of options. And so the discussion with the patient was, "Gosh, I'm sorry. There's there's nothing more I can do for you. You know, I, I could do another." tumor resection, but without that adjuvant radiation therapy, we know the tumor is going to come back with a vengeance. And so you're, you're likely better off living out your days, you know, without the burden of another surgical procedure, you know, and after you've done that for decades, and again, there's a lot of experience with our neurosurgeon founder, three radiation oncologist founders and their clinical coordinator, all brain tumor experts, They said, we've got to get a better answer. And that that led to the development of Gamma Tiles.
0: So those are the origins of GT Medical's tiles. We're going to find out what impact they're having on patients in just a minute when we continue this conversation with Matt Likens. But I want to let you know that uh, we have been following advances in lung cancer treatment as well. Uh, Last year, we had uh, Fred Mall, the uh, robotics pioneer and the founder of Oris Health, on stage at the MedTech Conference this year, following the, uh, the news that Oris Health will be acquired by Johnson & Johnson for uh, over $3 billion, making it what's said to be the largest MedTech M&A deal, and, and who might argue with that, we're, uh, we're thrilled to have Ashley McAvoy, who is the Executive Vice President and Worldwide Chairman of Medical Devices for Johnson & Johnson, as a keynote speaker, coming up at our MedTech conference on May 29th and 30th in Minneapolis. Ashley McAvoy will be interviewed on May 30th uh, during our, uh, our lunchtime session. So it will be a high-profile conversation. And uh, given the uh, acquisition of Oris and uh, Johnson & Johnson's aggressive move into the space, it'll be a fascinating conversation led by Stacey Enzing-Seng, Singh, is, of course, is on our advisory board and a former co-chair of the MedTech Conference. So it's uh, going to be a great day. Please go to medtechconference.com check out the entire agenda and of course to register now let's get back into this conversation with Matt Likens of GT Medical so how are the odds improved from from folks who have had the tiles implanted uh, does that 50% number change and if so how much
1: yes and so uh, it it changes dramatically and first of all it's been approved for the treatment of any type of pathology or or brain tumor type so whether it's you know, maybe the worst is glioblastoma or a metastasis that occurred in the brain, you know, coming from some other part of the body, or a meningioma, which can be cancerous. It may not be cancerous, and those are slower-growing tumors. Uh, our clearance is to treat all of those, so, so that's the good news. Uh, with the glioblastoma patients, uh, we're pushing out the time to a, an additional recurrence a year or more Compared to that own their, that very same patient's previous recurrence of a tumor, so as I said, typically if a tumor comes back after surgery, it comes back faster than it comes back the first time, and much faster if you happen to have another uh, procedure. We we push it uh, at least a year down the road. Uh, as far as the mean in which it came back. Uh, With metastases, we pushed the mean out to 18 months further, which is significantly better than anyone would expect. And with meningiomas, we haven't reached a mean yet, and we're out four or five years uh, from the first patients that were treated. So so, uh, again, as, as I've learned in this space, which is a new space for me, but Dr. Nikaji and Dr. David Brackman, who's, who's our chief technology officer now and is a radiation oncologist, they said, you know, Matt, you know, a month longer would be a big deal here. And we're talking a year or more. So, so Im- improvements in oncology are measured in weeks and maybe a month. And, and here, you know, just to give you some um, uh, perspective on it
0: wow that's that's really remarkable because you're right you think six months or a year um what does that mean to these patients but obviously it means so many things another birthday another a graduation many many things how, how is it not to be calculated about it but how is it viewed by the uh insurance industry is this something that requires separate reimbursement is it something is that is those is that extra time Valued by, uh, by insurers?
1: Yes. In fact, again, I've got to give the founders a lot of credit. They had moved this along very nicely, both with their FDA approach and also uh, in approaching CMS uh, in getting... Uh, um, Medicare reimbursement. And so we do have a specific uh, ICD 10 code from CMS uh, with uh, DRG number 023, uh, which is a very generous reimbursement level um, that it, it incorporates a complex craniotomy with surgical implant. Um, and uh, again, we're just in the beginning stages of a limited market release. So we we haven't approached the private insurers yet, but typically CMS sets the stage and then the private insurers come along. So uh, we, we feel like we're in good shape there.
0: And let's talk a little bit about your financing. You raised a, a $10 million Series A uh, led by MedTech Venture Partners and, and with participation from Bluestone Venture Partners. It's a, a large Series A, but clearly you're you're moving toward commercialization, so it's almost a, almost a growth equity kind of investment. Um, how, how has the company gotten this far? How much has it raised in the past from whom, and and how has it gotten this far without raising venture capital in the past?
1: Yeah, so uh, beginning in 2013, when the five founders set up a limited liability corporation for the sole purpose of developing this technology and then getting an IRB-approved clinical study uh, at the Barrow Institute, um, they had put in over a million dollars collectively and had bootstrapped it with no outside funding um uh, on October 1st of 2017, uh, Brian Martin, a uh, friend of mine, and, and also had been consulting for the founders. So he and I became the first two employees of GT Medical Technologies, Inc. So we, we really converted Gamma LLC into GT Medical Technologies, Inc. And we immediately went to work to raise uh, $3 million, which we, we closed by the end of the year, uh, just in a couple of months. Uh, medtech venture partners led that as well but we had a number of arizona-based investors and high net worth individual investors in that um so that was three million and the goal was to get us to a significant milestone ideally fda clearance which as you mentioned uh, that happened uh, july 6th actually of 2018 um and uh uh, as we got toward the end of two thousand and eighteen, we began to uh, uh, to get serious about raising the Series A uh, in anticipation of commercialization so really happy that that came together in a relatively short period of time as well and Again, medtech leads bluestone came in uh, it, which is a brand new fund out of Tucson of all places and we're we 're thrilled to have them working with us as well
0: it 's great to see some new uh, some new investors in in medtech. What is uh What is your next step? Tell us a bit about how large that launch is. How do you intend to sell this? Is it through distribution? Do you sell directly? Uh, how do you How do you even begin to market such a thing?
1: Yeah. So as you know, ten million dollars you know, sounds like a lot of money, <laughs> and, and it really doesn't go very far. Uh, and so, uh, you know, as we started this, uh, and I began, I, I was convinced that we needed. Uh, you know, a highly specialized uh, killer sales force out there, you know, to, that had relationships with neurosurgeons They're, the neurosurgeon is the key decision maker and the key call point. Um, but, you know, hiring specialists and at the time, not knowing what a sales cycle looked like and what the steps in the process would be and not knowing what an average selling price would be. It just seemed very risky. Uh, and we were introduced you know, from our founders, actually, to this group of call it specialty distributors who really focus on surgical microscopes as their number one uh, product offering. And these surgical microscopes are the best friends of neurosurgeons. They don't do anything without looking through their surgical microscopes. And and so we found these uh, distributors slash agents uh, in various regions of the country with just the relationships we needed. And they were all very enthusiastic about working with us. They carry very few brands, but saw this as a major opportunity. I think their excitement reinforced our view that this can be a real game changer in the marketplace. And the first six distributors that we signed all made an equity investment in the company as well as an, uh, an additional indication of their uh, commitment, you know, to do the best job for us, but also they, they felt like this is really a, 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 a winning technology. So for limited market release, you know, it's going to be a six to eight month time frame, we, and we're we're in the early stages of that. And we'd love to get 10 institutions up and running on Gammatile. You know, first of all, go through the process. They've got to have our isotope uh, on their a radioactive materials license we've got to reach agreement on terms and conditions they've got to agree to our pricing and then we've got to have medical physics radiation oncology and neurosurgery all on board but the neurosurgeon if they want to use this they're going to drive that within the institution but if we could get the uh, ten leading institutions up and running in the next six to eight months. That will be the end of limited market release, and then we'll we'll turn it to a higher gear and go to what we would call a full market release.
0: We talked a bit earlier about your uh, your, your stint at Althera and how that uh, that was your first CEO job. This is your second. I'm curious as to how that first time experience is carried over into uh, into leading this company. Is, is there some overlap? Do you have some lessons learned from from that experience that you're, you're able to use today?
1: Some of the basics remain the same. So yeah, I I think we're really blessed in this space to identify a very meaningful purpose for the company, you know, almost from day one. And it it sounds trite, but we don't take it that way. And everybody is very motivated by this, uh, uh, goal of improving the lives of patients with brain tumors. Uh, you know, and as you get involved in this, it's, uh, It's really alarming, I think, the number of people and families and friends who are afflicted uh, with this condition. And it can be a very hopeless situation. So we can provide hope. And having that purpose up front, it's very meaningful to be here. And so it's almost like a, a sacred obligation to do what's right for the patient, real focus on the patient. Um, we also established six operating principles as we started, which was very similar to, to what we did at Altera. And, and again, we can articulate those operating principles. And anybody who's considering joining us, you know, we, we tell them, hey, this is what we're all about. This is what you can expect if you want to be part of of, of this journey moving forward. Uh, and, and it's very clear. And and we have a big, hairy, audacious goal, which we also had at Ulthera. and And here it's creating the new standard of care for patients with brain tumors you know and that sounds like a big deal and it is and it may take you know uh, quite a period of time to establish this as the new standard of care but we truly think that we have that opportunity and so it's building the company in a very deliberate way making sure that the training and the in servicing and, and the quality systems and our financial operations are all robust, so that we can position ourselves for significant growth in the future. You know, as, as we move through this process,
0: you had the the principles at Althera. You, you've got new ones now. What, how, and why are those important? I mean, I, I think those are principles are. Anything written in a wall is often dismissed as yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just going to do my job. But why is it important to to put pen to paper and to really have those principles spelled out. And what was the impact that you saw around Althera? How, how did being so uh, explicit with people, how did that help?
1: I've read a lot about, uh, you know, what motivates human beings, right? <laughs> and so and I have read almost everything I get my hands on on leadership and this whole movement towards, let's just call it conscious capitalism. And, <laughs> and, and, and obviously, you know, there's uh, the whole foods and, uh, Trying to think of the founder of Whole Foods, John. uh, Can't think of his name right now, but uh, but he's been behind a movement. And then Raj Sisodia uh, has written a book about uh, uh, firms of endearment. Um, and, And what they basically talk about is that people, whether it's millennials or whether it's people later in their career journey, or or even in the middle stages. They're looking for meaning. I mean, we all spend so much time doing what we do, right? Sometimes, uh, you know, we, we prefer to be in the workplace than maybe some of the other responsibilities that we have. And so if we can find meaning in the workplace, as well as income, as well as, you know, career progression, um, you get so much more uh, out of an employee who really wants to be there and believes in what we're doing. So I think taking some time up front and defining, these are our principles, this is our purpose, this is where we're trying to take this business, and then operating in a fashion that's consistent with that, right? Because you've got to be authentic about it. That's the place where the right people want to work. And those are the people we want at GT. So.
0: Final question. I've, sort of, I've been asking this of some folks. I mean, the medtech industry has uh, has taken some knocks recently. You had the, the Netflix film, The Cutting Edge. You had uh, the uh, expose about the, the FDA uh, approvals and whether some, some reform is needed there. I wonder how that is resonating out in the industry. Is, is, are there, some, uh, is there some validity to some of the criticism you're seeing, or, or do you think the industry is being portrayed unfairly, and how does all of this discussion impact you at uh, at GT?
1: it's something I think we have to recognize and we have to make sure that, you know, I, I think it's always the exception, uh, that gets the publicity, you know, it's the Theranos story, uh, that never goes away. Right. And so how, how could people really smart money be fooled, um, and some of the misadventures based upon greed and based upon, you know, uh, other values that, uh, aren't so admirable. So I, I think that, You have to recognize it, but at the same time, not let it get in the way from advancing the cause of patient care. If the focus is on improving patient outcomes, you know, and the focus is on doing that uh, in an efficient way so that perhaps costs can be saved over time, then you can't go too far wrong. And and if you get off of that track, then, you know... (laughs) Uh, you know, you might have some missteps along the way. So I, I, I think it is is that focus that 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 keeps you down that pathway. Pa- patients are counting on us to deliver better therapies for them, and so well, let's do it.
0: Absolutely, it seems like you're on certainly on that path with uh, with GT, and uh, it's great to connect with you again. And and uh, best of luck going forward. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Yeah, well, thanks, Tom. I appreciate your interest in the story, and uh, we look forward to, to moving ahead. So uh, thank you very much.
0: All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for joining us on the MedTech Talk podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with uh, Matt Likens. I, think, I really do appreciate how Matt uh, brings thought and focus to uh, running a MedTech. And uh, as we talked about in the interview, just the importance that he and, and so many other people I meet in MedTech place on, on the patient and on, on making people better. So I really enjoyed this interview. I hope you did as well. Please finally, before I let you go, if you haven't yet signed up for the MedTech Conference, uh, don't wait. It's going to be a great day. We have uh, not only Ashley McAvoy from J&J, but Kevin Lobo from Stryker, and uh, several other, uh, many other panels, conversations with some really top shelf folks who will uh, talk about fundraising and launching companies and reimbursement, everything you need to know to succeed in MedTech. So I hope you will join us on May 29th and May 30th for the MedTech Conference. Remember, tune in next week. We're going to keep these coming at you for another great tale of innovation on the MedTech Talk podcast.